Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between a rural, urban food producers, food consumers, left, right, and anybody who of, of dissent. We bring them together. Hank Vogler, assisting in that task from White Pine County, Nevada. Hey, did you hear that Nebraska is the, the source of the solution of the banking crisis? <laughs> what are they, you selling coffee cans so people can bury their money in the backyard? Well, I think that's the best answer. But uh, I had a, a note on Saturday from an outfit that I did not know. So I didn't say anything about it. But today, the Gateway Pundit is reporting, and I've met the owner of the Gateway Pundit. I think that's a very reputable organization. And all of this information is public. More than 20 private jets from around the nation flew into Omaha since Thursday. Uh-oh, Warren Buffett. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> well, if you remember the panic in 1907, I was a child at the uh -huh. time. Uh, J.P. Morgan sat down with Teddy Roosevelt and said, okay, uh, you want me to straighten this out or not, or something to that effect, and bailed the United States government out in that panic. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. Why am I surprised? Yeah, there's nothing trustworthy about that guy. <laughs> and I saw a quote from him. Uh, I should get the exact quote before I butcher it. So... Hang up, hang for a second. Well, anyhow, I'm like a broken clock. I'm right twice a day. Uh, this was coming. You you know, uh, you can't give away money for free. You know, what did I say the last time? And you corrected me on that because I changed it from mice to rats. But the rats don't understand why the cheese is free until it's too late. And nationalization of the bank is another thing that the left would love to do you know mm -hmm. take yep. away your freedom fearful this is a warren buffett quote that is circling this weekend fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful yeah yeah that's that's the time you know i mean if you mm -hmm. could figure out which one to jump on this is the time to do it because there's going to be some survivors unfortunately the bad thing about this is, I, you know, capitalism, I'm not afraid of capitalism at all. It's everywhere in the world. And anybody that thinks it isn't is an idiot. <laughs> I mean, a complete idiot. There is nobody, whether it's in Russia, whether it's in Korea or anything, people want to curry favor so they can get more stuff. That's just human nature. So it's capitalism that will lead us through this. The elitism is the one that bothers me. Uh, all the people that were doing business with that bank in California, uh, was Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, wow. It was uh, what that somebody said it was an ATM for the rich. Well, those are the things that, and we're going to bail them out? Huh? No way. Can't do that. You got to let the chips fall. If you buy FTX and it goes down, okay. Uh, you know, you should have done your homework or should have, could have, would. It doesn't matter. Things go up, things go down. Uh, now they're putting a dough 
I think Bitcoin was down to about whatever that means, 18,000. And now it's up to 28,000 this morning. So uh, it was, it's less volatile than the Silicon Valley Bank. I don't get that one either. But all of this will shake out. What if you were a big investor in oil? It's gone down. It's like 65 bucks today or something like that. You know, interest rates, the banks were buying all those treasuries at 0.05 or 0% interest. And then it shot, and now the interest rates shot up to 4 and 5% for sure on the short end. And so they've got a whole pile of treasury bonds that their value is nothing or, or less. And now all the big guys are coming in. Hey, we'll take that stuff off your hand for 25 cents on the dollar. Well, of course they will. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you got to get over this deal. It it happens ever so often. 1929 was not the big boogie. I think the worst one was 1907. Basically, J.P. Morgan bailed out the United States. And it will happen again. It's normal human greed. If everybody's making money buying cigars, Everybody wants to buy cigars. If everybody wants out and they all get out because cigars don't go up, housing, I don't care what it is. There's there's peaks and valleys. Farmland, I don't care. Long-term commodity, all these things. It just happens. And it's all called greed. Greed, human greed. You know, I always thought I wanted to be Howard Hughes' kid. I think I want to be a Biden now. I mean, $3 million comes in here, comes in there, they whack it up. <laughs> but the news media says nothing. <laughs> well, there's another part that the news media is not telling, but I did find it was being reported with somebody who actually did some real investigative journalism. And the tie to Gavin Newsom, his wife, who apparently he created an entire agency within the California state government for his wife to run and the, the created a nonprofit. You might guess what bank actually made a $100,000 donation and provided leadership from the bank senior officers to this uh, nonprofit organization Newsom knew this was happening. Newsom probably made it happen because a month ago, this bank was like, okay, shape. All of a sudden, boom, they, they have more uh, need for assets than they can acquire. They send out an alert like a, an SOS signal, which led to this emotional collapse. This is manufactured by the Newsom crime syndicate. Well, and they, and they had their money in there, but now we're going to bail them out. And I mean, it's just, yeah. If you are hooked in to the money changers at the Democratic Party, you kind of got her made, you know, and and this is basically why they hate Trump so bad. He's kind of been taking care of the great unwashed. He is uh, anti-establishment, anti-inside player, and they don't like that. They, They don't want anybody messing around on their playground. You know, we're the peons. We're the great unwashed. We are the smelly people at Walmart. And, and how dare us say anything? You know, they hand out privilege. They hand out favors. All of this stuff. I mean, welcome to the party. Yeah. Uh, I, more immediate for me is I called up Spotted Al Gore and said, what the heck? When's this global warming going to get here? 
I mean, we're in the worst shape, uh, great shape for gr- grass if it ever warms up and grows. But having the, the just absolutely a wipeout, I'm sure Utah, North, South Dakota, uh, California, there's all kinds of things. And it's, again, laws of probability. We had several years of drought and it's going to be followed like it was in the 80s. Uh, you know, all the way back in history, we have big years long before they discovered the internal combustion engine. These same cycles come and go. That's hurting me and the bank. I don't have any money in the bank. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, the skiers are not happy though. Did you see that the skiers were worried about not enough snow? Now they can't snow, they can't ski because there's too much snow. So while they're in their ski well, clubhouses, they're banging on the owners of the ski resorts to get more involved in reducing their climate emissions. Oh my goodness! And and the 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 deals, the the little chairs that take them to the top of the hill, they're buried in the snow. They don't, they won't, can't even run. And yeah. then the avalanche event is uh, they killed some people, I think, over I in know. Utah. I heard that. Or Colorado or somewhere. Colorado. It was in Colorado. Oh. Nobody's it, happy. <laughs> but, but, Hank, again, it comes back to the lack of critical thinking and the lack of education. We have had ebbs and flows in weather for thousands of years. We, it's not like an ideal weather year every year. That's why it's called the weather. Whether it does or doesn't, that's why it's called the weather. <laughs> i got to take a break. Hank Vogler, we're off and running, and we'll find out what this climate crisis is going to mean for White Pine County, Nevada, and if the county commissioners are going to fix it or not. We're back with more after this. And right off the bat today, let's talk about certified Piedmontese, the opportunity for cattlemen in the Great Plains of America to tap into a value-added program and then get paid closer to the consumer's food dollar. Check out the products that are produced by this system, and you do that by going to the website certifiedpiedmontese.com. It's a protein plethora, not just the beef items, but the beef items are extraordinary because they are tender When it comes to consumer preference, you want a tender product that drives the extreme demand, and that's what we want. We want extreme demand for high-quality protein substances from animals. Certified Piedmontese. Look at this filet deal. They got a picture of a filet. I don't care what time of the day. You just want to go find a a fire and feed yourself with that kind of a picture. And then the prime rib that I had recently, my goodness, I still can't believe this is grass-fed beef. Why feed corn if you can make it this good? CertifiedPiedmontese.com Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside White Pine County resident and commissioner, stocker, stock grower. What else you want to be? Uh, well, philosopher. Right there. <laughs> Historical philosopher. I have a, a, a resolution that I presented to, that I have to present to the county commission. Uh, the we have some st- strange things going on in in White Pine County, of course, or in Nevada, right. and it has to do with again lack of education, lack of reality, uh, overloaded in one end of the the spear point of the state. Clark County, they're trying to outlaw uh, 
these uh, they had these calling contests where you and your partner or whatever go out and uh, call coyotes. And then you bring in the, I, I don't know if you have to bring in the jawbone or whatever, but you bring them in. Whoever brings in the most wins stuff. Well, they're trying to stop that. And the part that they don't understand is an old duff like me, I remember when deer used to migrate all the way out of Idaho, all the way out of Eastern Oregon into Nevada, and it looked like bands of sheep when there were thousands more sheep and more livestock use. And they migrated south with the snow. This would be a great year for that. And some years, some of them got trapped. But there was predator control. The sage grouse has no business being on the endangered species list. It is basically full employment for wildlife biologists. That's all it is. Uh, they're studying why they're not around. Well, we quit using effective tools back in the 70s, and we've reached the pinnacle. Even the elk are being harmed by predators. And for years, they've had these calling contests, which, uh, okay, if you don't like it, don't participate. Uh, look the other way, but they're, they're a predator. Utah has lost so much of their deer hunting in a very conservative state, they they have taken the mountain lion off of the uh, game species. It's now considered a predator. You can hunt them 24 hours a day, 365. Okay, so you just hit what I was wanting to talk about anyway. HB 649, Utah legislature did what you just said. I received a phone call from somebody not in Utah but very concerned that this would be disruptive to the ecosystem. And if we had a, an open season on cats, the, the the prey that the cats rely on would then become a problem for the livestock industry in Utah. What do you think about that? Well, okay. Back years and years ago, once again, history, a fellow by the name of Teodoro Roosevelt. <laughs> He was he hunt. was he Basque? <laughs> you never know. But anyhow, uh, and of course, the, the hootie part for me is, for every picture that you see of him hunting, there's always four or five hound dogs laying there. Absolutely. <laughs> they didn't fair chase those animals. They didn't uh, put up those uh, video cameras on trees to see what water hole the elk were using. Uh, they baited him up, went and looked at him. Now nah, that one ain't big enough. Let's go. <laughs> Call the dogs off and go find another one. But he liked to hunt. And there was a, a, a bloodline of deer. They call it the Kayabab. And they have these dozens of points, huge animals, and, and very non-typical four-point mule deer. And he thought they were great. So I believe it was in the teens or the 20s, whenever he was around, his influence, they went out on mass and they mucked out every mountain lion they mucked out every uh coyote every predator they could find i mean just wholesale got them poison everything they could use and the deer population exploded all through utah parts of arizona parts of nevada mm -hmm. uh, with these kayabab deer well lo and behold a bad winter came along and a lot of them died but you got to remember, historically, they didn't have the things. They didn't have snowmobiles. 
They didn't have opportunities. Now we have a bunch of people that are advocates for prey, deer, elk, antelope, all of these things, sage hens, prairie chickens, lesser prairie chickens that'll hunt. So you can get these people together if they're, they need to have a special season. It's called recruitment. You don't have any does that get pregnant. Uh, most of the does that I see around here are bred by their own sons. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just, it's just absolutely. Just like the horses, no different. Yeah. But there's no, there's no genetic diversity, but there are people that you go, Hey, and, and instant communication with cell phones, all this stuff. We've got too many deer piled up. We're having a bad winter. We're going to have a special hunt. Uh, tags are free or tags are 10 bucks. Uh, show up at the White Pine County Courthouse and we'll hand them out like popcorn bags. They don't do that. But uh, back when I was in college, back in, uh, well, let me see. who that was that guy? Uh, De- Leonardo da Vinci was in the art class ahead of me. Uh, but anyhow, they were doing a study all over the state of Nevada because of these migrating deer herds. And there was this complaint about these deer affecting livestock. And there was a, almost a million head of sheep still in the state of Nevada. There there was lots of things going on. There were cattle. There were, there were things being used. No fires to speak of. Uh, but these deer, so Dr. Lesperance would go around in all over the state four times a year, knock down an old doe, take a rumen sample, take it back to the lab, see what she was eating, see what the competition was with with uh, uh, domestic livestock. Uh, at that time, Elko County issued more deer tags than the entire state of Nevada does now. Uh, the county commissioners were in charge of the wildlife. They hired their biologists. They hired their game police. The counties did. And there was thousands and thousands of tags issued. So, yeah, there might be some overlap in there. Uh, There might be some alfalfa fields that didn't exist then that exist now that need a higher fence around them. The Game Commission does that now. There, There are so many more ways that you can control these numbers. But it all boils down for wildlife because I love to hunt. You've got to control the number of does that make it. So I I agree with everything you just said. My friend who called me, he did bring up something that I think is worthy of a a discussion. Every state, and I, I know the answer to this question, but we have to walk through it. Every state has a biological department, a scientific discovery of what should take place in terms of a healthy ecosystem as it involves predator, prey, all the above. Do you have any concern that here the state legislators are not relying on science, but rather the emotion of the day to bring about a new law? You got it. That's why they've got the fourth graders sending letters to the Nevada legislature to make the wild horse a state animal or or state protected or some ridiculous Mm -hmm. thing. Just like Wild Horse Annie did it, Velma Johnson back when she got all the little kids to write a letter about doing what they did. And how'd that horse deal work out, Trent? Is that perfect world now? Yeah, no, it's a disaster. Yeah. So, yeah, local control. 
BLM has a gazillion biologists. U.S. Space and Wildlife Service has offices all over the state of Nevada. They have a bazillion people. Park Service has wildlife biologists. Uh, BLM, Forest Service, everybody's got wildlife biologists. And when they all get together and hold hands and have a camp meeting, the average hunter doesn't make out in that deal. Yeah, exactly right. Because oh, because the position tends to draw people with a bias. Yeah. Well, and if you solve the problem, uh-oh, there's no fun in that. No, because that kind of puts yourself out of business. Problem solutions are the kryptonite to their species. And it doesn't take them very long to get in their comfortable position. Their check shows up every two weeks. Their mm -hmm. vacations, their weekends off, all of those things. So, yeah, solve the problem. Well, we've got to do another study. The hunters in the state of Nevada, through uh, a Democrat, no less, legislator, passed a law that for everything you put in for, there's a $3 predator free because the hunters realize how bad it is. The money was supposed to go to knock down coyotes. And they've been fighting for years and years and years. It was a huge fight when I was on the Wildlife Commission. I mean, everything was a huge fight. All it amounted to is they've used the money for other things rather than hiring a helicopter, hiring yeah. rappers to, to knock down coyotes. And they've got hundreds of thousands of dollars. Contributed. We'll be back more Hank Booker after this. Let's quickly take a look at the folks behind Lignite. Reliable energy is available. Why are we not making better use of it? We're demonizing instead of using it. Lignite Coal. Details at Lignite.com. Welcome back. Roll route, trout loose. Did you notice how Hank had just talked about knocking coyotes and I had to knock him like he was a coyote? Oh my, what the hell is going on in Wyoming? Did you see this? I mean, in one one phase, I thought, yeah, Wyoming, we've been making major strides this year. Wyoming's doing a lot of cool stuff in their state legislature. They passed the first state to pass the abortion pill ban, which I think is cool. And then I think it's uh, Senate Bill maybe 133, doesn't matter the number. A transgender bill for uh, boys playing in girls' sports. It passes the state legislature. It's going to become law. Excuse me. It's it's going to revert back because the governor won't sign it. It's not going to do what it's supposed to do. In other words, the bill is to prevent boys from playing girls' sports. And the governor is refusing to sign it because he doesn't want to unfairly target those families that might have these conflicts. Are you, what about the girls that are dealing with I, I think about this. I had to think about Friday. Landry's running track, first track meet of the year. And I, I was just thinking, how ridiculous would it be if there were boys running in the girls' events? And that's happening. And Wyoming, the great cowboy state of Wyoming, is going to have a problem because the governor is afraid he's going to upset two, three families. I don't understand it, Hank. Well, uh, the best way to destroy a country is internal conflict. Look around. 
Yeah, it's happening. The largest population right now is Hispanic. African-American is only about 12%. Used to be the Irish, Italians, different races from all over the country, all over the world coming here for freedom. But the best way to destroy the country is pit everybody against each other. Now, I don't understand transgender. I I think when I was in high school, uh, you'd had a dozen guys that would have said, oh, I'm doing transgender today. Where's the girl's shower? I mean, that that would have been Valhalla for a teenage boy curious about what's going on in the world. Guilty. But it's not right. No. And you don't have to have a PhD in reproductive physiology. There are only two flavors, male, female. And yes, in all populations, animals too, there is a certain amount that for whatever reason, uh, favor one side or the other, even though they're not of that gender. And I guess that's as polite as I can put it. But to make all these special rules and regulations for that tiny minority is kind of silly. It's like a gay pride parade. Okay, have a gay pride parade. But you can't make a heterosexual male or female uh, necessarily. Why don't they have a parade? Well, you know, I mean, just there's just all of this stuff is to divide and conquer. Uh, you know, it's, it's no different than the Black Lives Matter. Look at the people that are in that deal. They're not helping the black people. They're causing people to distrust, dislike, and fear black people. Uh, the, the, all of these things are to, are to destroy the country and put people in control that, uh, that like that thrill of power. There's something that should be tamped down. Not just the people that run for office. Let them. Let them run forever. You know, if, if Biden can steal enough votes to become president again, that we get what we deserve. What we need to do is have term limits on the people that can work in Washington, D.C. They can be the head of the FBI, the CIA, <clears throat> attorney generals, all of those people, unelected people. They're the ones that are dragging us down with their ideas. And I cannot understand how the cowboy state would do that, you know, uh, <laughs> you who buckaroo <laughs> yeah i just i but you think about the whole biden situation i i think a great example what has the guy ever accomplished and i'm not just picking on biden there are a ton of elected officials who've been sitting there you look at mitch mcconnell what's he ever produced what has he produced but problems he's never generated something that improves human lives they're, they're all, they come out of the same lot. They may have an R, they may have a D. They're all part of the problem, not part of the solution. And we have to rise up and say, we're not going to take this anymore. That's why they hate Trump. <laughs> Trump. Trump says, you know, pointed out the fact that the great unwashed ought to have a seat at the table. And they don't want that. They want their little group of control. They want to be able to call each other up and whack up the money. That's all it amounts to. And it's nothing new. It goes back to the beginning of time. I mean, Adam and Eve's grandparents started the problem. 
they met at a Grange Hall dance and jealousy and and spite and all those things showed up the same day. I mean, it's just part of being a human. And ever so often, you gotta you gotta sweep out the trash, or you can or you choke on the trash, and that's where we're at. And if we don't wake up to it, you know, all of uh, freedom, Romans, all of them, they all wound up in dictatorships and decline. You know, even even Xi Jinping. And and Putin, what you think they can do that by themselves? No different than Genghis Khan could. They had to have bureaucrats. They had to have people on their side. And why did they go on their side? Favors, whether it was girls, gold, or whatever it was, they got favors, and so they supported the cause. Trump comes along, got a bucket full of money, uh, wants to give something back to the country. Yeah, he's a little brash. Uh, but he helped the people look at the statistics and he knew how the game was played. He played the game. You think he got all those building permits in all those places without greasing some palms? Are you kidding me? No, but he wanted to help John Q public and John Q public should not be pulling back like a borrowed dog. They should be helping. And Bar and they put him in jail for it. We're Look just we're on a, we're not on the same page on this one. He's pretending to be something he's not. He's been a part of that elitist crowd his entire life. He's best friends with the Clintons. He's business partners with Jeffrey Epstein, and all of a sudden he decides he's going to help the peasants of the nation. I I'm, I'm not buying it. Okay, I did at one time, but I don't anymore. Okay, that's fine. So you got an alternative? The, you know, that that's not a solution. No, that's what Marty tells me every day. But when you're when the guy you're saying, well, I don't have a choice, I got to go with him, is pretending to be somebody who's not. And we forget that government grew, even the the agencies that you deal with, they grew exponentially during the Trump years, more so than anything up until Biden. And now the whole ploy is to make Biden so, but he's just the ga- the scapegoat, to make him so egregious in all of his policies that people, even the woke, will demand that Trump come back, and that's when we're really screwed. Well. And it's so, starting to happen. You even hear Biden talk about Trump's next presidency. It's all starting to happen, and I've been talking about this for a year now. I was I was confused and thought he was the real deal for a long time. Now I see through it all. He's an actor just like Zelensky in the Ukraine. They both came from acting to be a, a leader. So do we have a revolution and we find some uh, guy from Loop City, Nebraska to run the country? Yes, we do have a revolution. And I'm not talking about with guns. I'm talking about people just show up and look what happened in the Netherlands last week. They have a farmer party who now (laughs) had major gains in their political system. And that's grassroots people saying, we're tired of this. We're not going to take it anymore. That's exactly what we need. I'm all for it. And and I I'm uh, looking around for leadership. I uh, is it Tulsi Gabbard? Uh, is it the guy from India that I can't say his name? That's longer than a polygamous clothesline. Well, everything about him appears to be the right. He is the right answer. He says it very well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, uh, but they'll check in his his background because the status quo doesn't want anybody. They 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 don't want DeSantis. Uh, people put a lot of faith in him in Florida, and he's turned some things around in Florida. It's great. 
but it's just as soon as he came out of the out of the you know the backwoods step forward mm-hmm. they're trashing him just as bad oh, absolutely. so i'll take i'll uh you know hey i had to choke down romney because i couldn't vote for the other side and, yeah. and i knew that was the dumbest thing i ever did but if you stay home you give your vote and the vote of the opposition two votes yours and his so well, you have, you have to do something i know but you are doing something you, as the newly elected White Pine County Commissioner, have more authority and power than whoever the next president of the United States is going to be. And people at the local level have completely forgotten that because that's been the great big brainwash, is that we think that all the power comes from D.C. It's just the opposite. And what you're doing in White Pine County is more effective and more long-term sustainable for that county than anything we worry about who's going to be the next president. Hey. How much time we got? <laughs> I uh, made a statement at the last county commission meeting after the meeting. And the chairman and another person both said the same thing. And they were the talking points uh, of the uh, <laughs> chairman of the board of Southern Nevada Water Authority. Scared the crap out of me. That was what I brought up last time about the alfalfa pellets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had his talking points because that's his big talking points now as the head of Southern Nevada Water Authority. We need that water down here more than you guys need the water to raise alfalfa to send to China. That's exactly where we'll pick it up, water, when we return for the last segment of Roll Route after this. Speaking of land purchases and payments, Dan Perodic in South Dakota has got another land auction coming up. It is uh, just a couple of weeks away now. It's April the 12th. My goodness, I thought that was a while off. It's not. It's just a couple of weeks. April the 12th, Dan Perodic. This is 2,305 acres. It will sell on Wednesday, April the 12th. It's two miles east of Murdo, South Dakota. If you'd like to get more information about another working ranch that Dan Perotic brings to you, a man of integrity, a man who's I've been friends with him for coming on 30 years now. So I'm at the Black Hill Stock Show and uh, just wanted to help bring some attention to the places he has selling. It's Perotic Auction Services, P-I-R-O-U-T-E-K, Perotic, Dan Perotic and Gail. They welcome you to stop by the website, check out what's available for sale. And do that today. Parodic Auctions. Next sale, Murdo, South Dakota, April 12th. Welcome back. Roll Route, Trent Lewis alongside Hank Vogler. I saw a quote from Dan Harris, who the Salt Lake Tribune says is a, a hobby farmer from Ogden. And he made a quote. I, I should just find it and I read it, but I'll tell you basically what he said. He said, 40 years ago, in the state of Utah, from I-15 west, all there was was farms. Farms were everywhere. And I got to thinking about that. We are constantly told that farmers are the big water users, and there's stories. Even Bloomberg News has got a story today about farmers are not relinquishing their water. Farmers use all of the water. Wait a minute. Back when we had all farms... 
we seem to have adequate water to go around. We start urbanizing and concentrating people, particularly in the desert, in, in Nevada's case, which I'm talking about Clark County, and suddenly farmers are using too much water. Excuse me? The same exact situation, and I got Chuck Miller ready to dial right now, I'm sure, calling me. But, you know, with the Colorado water situation, where this, the towns continue to grow and point fingers at the farmer for being the big water user. I'm not saying that we, we don't need water to everybody. I'm just saying at some point you got to recognize that if you don't have farmers growing food, you're going to get kind of hungry, even though you can take a shower. Well, the hypocrisy is, is ugly. There, the estimate is there's over 200,000 swimming pools in Las Vegas. Fine. You should pay for that if you're going to do it. Almost all uh, South Point, I don't think has there's there's just a couple of of developments that do not have a water theme but every one of these casinos have water themes uh golf courses there's 37 championship 18 hole whatever that deal is there's all kinds of things that they're using the water for you don't have to just look at ogden utah that's now covered all the farmlands covered you're talking about a very small population such a small percentage they're easy to pick on you want to see something, go to Bakersfield, California, and head north, right up through the San Joaquin Valley. There's huge acreages, beautiful farm ground. They've sold their water rights to the city, uh, or they're raising crops with plastic tubes that drips water to each individual tree because of the expense of water. There's all kinds of water issues, and I think that's even biblical about water it, it, and and are we reaching that point? You know, uh, you want to, the best thing you could do right now is we should be uh, going to Trudeau and kicking him out of office and turning the Mackenzie River south. Just think about what we could do to the. It's the second largest volume river on the North American continent, and it runs into the Inuvik and the Arctic Ocean. Make an argument for that. We should bring that water south. The Russians did it. They dried up, uh, uh, what was it, Ural uh, Sea and the Caspian Sea, drawed it way down by turning rivers around uh, to irrigate with. You got to eat. And the two things that you need to control is the money and the farming. And the, everything else from then on is easy. That's called dictatorship. And to picking on the farmers, no. Look what! Look at all of the farmland. Look, I've heard this statistic: over 600 acres a day disappears. Farmland disappears into housing. You know, uh, look at any major city. What what's what's built in the suburbs? That was all farm ground. All of it. Well, farming has gotten so competitive and so industrialized that you have to raise huge acreages in order to buy the half million dollar equipment to harvest with. Why are we raising alfalfa in the Imperial Valley when it used to all be vegetables? Because it takes less labor. We've driven the labor deal so bad, they've all moved to Mexico. All the big farming outfits are in Mexico bringing the produce back in. And maybe that's what we want. And all the water's going to the cities. Uh, you know, Bishop, California, uh, 
when they Owens Valley. I mean, it it didn't happen yesterday. What about when they built the aqueducts into Rome? Do you, don't you think some farmer had that taken away from him? And it got to where the Roman Senate and the Roman government handed out land with the people attached to their buddies. And when the barbarians came to the door, who the heck thinks they who helped them? It was the peasants that were just as disgusted with Rome. Yeah. In those days, you had to bring your livestock with you so you could feed your troops. Well, who fed them? The farmers did. They were they wanted change. They were being taxed. They were being enslaved on the land. Same thing. Look around. It's history. History 101 repeating itself. I, uh, <laughs> I thought of three words when you said, look, they brought their own food with them. Livestock. We don't rent pigs. <laughs> Four <laughs> words. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, Bob. Yeah, lonesome dove. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it's the same thing. And, and someday, you know, why don't we drain the Great Lakes? If we took all that water south uh, to Nebraska, just think what you could raise in Nebraska if you had uh, unlimited amount of water. Uh, uh, Kansas, Texas, there's lots of dry areas other than Nevada and Arizona. But everywhere you've had water and let a farmer have it, he'll raise 10 times more stuff than, than, than he will any other way. We build houses on good farmland. Maybe we should uh, pass a law. This would really shake them up. That if you got good farmland, you can't build a house on it. You got to build it on alkali, scabby ground. Yeah. See, you, you, you can't encroach upon property rights. That's well, the, there you the, go. That gets the whole thing. When you start saying that kind of a thing, and that's kind of what it, the whole situation here with the, the Utah bill on the mountain lines. You, whatever you do, you can't encroach upon property rights. But, Hank, at the end of the day, what, we're, what you're talking about drying up lakes, and I hear people just cringing and thinking the Great Lakes going dry. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, let's just take Klamath River Basin, because I think it's a great example. What was it? The 20s that the farmers went together and put in these dams that ultimately became a, an energy source with electricity, but also primarily was irrigation. And they're blowing up these dams so that the the salmon have a straighter path. Well, there's no problem with the salmon today. We don't need to dry up rivers. We just need the farmers to be able to use the water that they are allotted to be able to use. Because you got the whole little minnow, the delta smelt, which we talked about last week. Everything is about getting these animals their water instead of the farmers to produce food. Well, of course, because if you control the food supply, yep. if you have there we, go. we always come back to the same solution, same yeah. moral story. Yeah. Why should we restrict the Chinese people from buying farmland? If they're buying farmland to feed their people in China, we're already selling them $150 billion or more or whatever the billions of dollars worth of farm products now. And, and they, they're going to Brazil because Brazil produces it out of season, whatever. Uh, it's a, it's that kind of a world. Egypt used to raise the grain for Rome. 
and they gave him a certain amount of autonomy. That uh, well, Cleopatra and her people, the, the, they gave him a certain amount of autonomy, but they wanted the grain they were producing in Egypt to go to Rome. So yeah, it is nothing new, but everybody at the end of the day goes, "Hey, we got to control this food." And the best way to control the people is control what they eat. Now, maybe the Chinese have nefarious reasons. The Japanese came here in the 80s with our money that we bought with all the cars and all the appliances we were buying from Japan. And they bought hotels, golf courses, all kinds of stuff with our money. And you hear anything about that anymore? So, I, I you know, yeah, Xing Jinping is an outlaw. There's no question about it. But for God's sakes. Are we, we're going to say, okay, up, oh, you're Chinese, you can't buy land. Up, oh, the people that are showing up at the south border, maybe some of the Chinese people are nefarious. But if the people could get out of China that want a better life, you'd have a billion of them show up tomorrow. The only ones in China that feel comfortable are Xi Jinping's pals. I mean, it's the same, Russia. Look at the Russians they're catching at the border. Well, are they here because they don't want to fight the war in Ukraine? Are they here for a better life? The Romanians, the Bulgarians, people from all over the world that have oppressive governments, they still are being fooled that the United States of America is the land of free. And they'll probably be better fighters if the revolution ever comes along than the people that have been laying around uh, using the fentanyl and sleeping on the streets in Los Angeles. I, you know, <laughs> I mean, we're the, the, the conservative country people in the red states is the largest army in the world. We got the guns and the other side can't figure out which bathroom to use. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, you're far too true. I have one final thing in the last minute. You know, I just learned this morning that the Silicon Bank was purchased by HSBC and they're calling it a British-based international bank. Do you know what HSBC stands for? Uh, here comes the communists. <laughs> You're exactly right. It is exactly what it stands for. It's Hong Kong something uh, banking system or center. It's a, it's a Chinese-owned bank. <laughs> yeah, we're, we've got legislation going in place to prevent China from buying farmland. And here we just have the FDIC work at paving the way for a China bank to buy out Silicon Valley. Yep. Are you kidding me? Roll out. Hank Bogo, Trent Lewis, both of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a roll out. And finally, today I want to talk about maintaining a free and fed America. Protect the harvest is the way that we do that. Get more information about how you can take care of yourself. I'm talking about empowering yourself. A free and fed America doesn't just happen. We have to make it happen. And there are more details in this repository of information than any place else you can find. Protecttheharvest.com has an email newsletter. Does a great job in all forms of social media, jumping through the hoops of censorship because we tell the truth. And my little tidbit of Free and Fed America that I put forth today talks about what Hank and I talked about in the first segment. We have a Hong Kong bank that has now purchased a bank in the United States. Why shouldn't that be 
a problem. Why don't we think about what this really means? Protect the Harvest helps you get the information. Free and fed America. Protecttheharvest.com.